global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The S&P 500 index is within 1% of a record. Rallies in energy producers and airline operators offsetting slumping health care shares. Chevron and Exxon Mobil adding at least 1.6%. Crude oil right now up 1.2%, 50 27 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate Crude. It is higher by 58 cents. Gold higher, little changed up 40 cents now, 1247.80 the ounce. The 10 year up 9.30 seconds with a yield there of uh, right now. Uh, we've got the yield on the 10 year at uh, 1.70% again, up 9.30 seconds. Gold little changed, as we mentioned, up uh, by 30 cents. SP up 8 to 21.17, a gain of 0.4%. Dow Industrials up 76 points, a gain of 0.4%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. We are broadcasting live at Pershing's Insight 2016 conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, Florida. Now to tell us more about a very important ruling from the Department of Labor having to do with fiduciary responsibilities. This having to affect not only registered investment advisors, but also those who are managing pension assets. Let's find out more from Robert Cerati. He is Managing Director, Pershing Mellon. LLC, and he is the head of the Retirement and Investment Solutions for Pershing. Thank you very much for being here. Much appreciated, and thanks for having us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell people what exactly the new rules from the Department of Labor, as much as you know them, because I know that they are still being sort of finalized in terms of the details. What do you know about these new rules, and what is the most important thing that the people here particularly need to know about? So first off, the the rule has been finalized. It was finalized last month, and today is actually the day that the rule is officially effective. Um, now, uh, effective uh, means that it's a, it's a live, real rule, uh, but the changes really come next year uh, when the compliance dates kick in. With regard to what the Department of Labor was doing, uh, this is all in an attempt to eliminate conflicts of interest associated with investment advice that's given to retirement investors. Uh, the way that the department went about making those changes is essentially uh, by uh, looking to create a lower bar for what's considered investment advice under ERISA. And by lowering the bar of what's investment advice, they're causing more advisors to become fiduciaries. And when you become a fiduciary, you therefore have to give advice that's in the best interest of your clients. Well, Rob, most people in this industry would say, I have always given advice that was in the best interest of my client. If I didn't do that, if my clients didn't get good results over time, I wouldn't be in business. That, that's true, right? So, so many advisors and firms feel that they, they do act in the best interest of their clients. Uh, but when it comes down to uh, the technical rules that they're following and how that manifests itself, uh, in the broker-dealer market, brokers who are working on a commission basis uh, are required to meet a suitability standard today uh, under, under FINRA rules. Um, and so that suitability standard is very different from a best interest standard when you have to essentially defend yourself from it. Um, and so it looks very different, if you will, under ERISA, given uh, the requirements. And as a result of this rule, some of the new exposures and liabilities that are created for advisors and what it will mean for them to not only give advice that's truly in their best interest, but also then to have to defend it at that standard. 
Now, to be a fiduciary under the ERISA rules, you, as you described, you have to act prudently, solely in the interest of his or her client. But there are also specific prohibited transaction rules, as I understand it, which can trigger some tax penalties under tax law. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. So with respect to um, prohibited transactions and when you need exemptions, um, it's sort of counterintuitive, candidly, that under ERISA, um, getting paid is a conflict. Uh, so just to get paid, you need an exemption. And there are existing exemptions that the industry uh, relies on today that are so embedded in the way that we've done business so for many years that many advisors in, aren't thinking about the exemption that they're relying on when they're, when they're doing business today. Um, so what the department has done uh, is essentially say, um, now that you have to act at this fiduciary standard in this, and meet this best interest standard of care, um, you now have to eliminate new conflicts in, around differentiated compensation. The idea that I might get paid more if I recommend one investment versus a different investment. And that differentiation leads to this new set of requirements to say, if you have that, you have to rely on these new exemptions. So what they did was they uh, narrowed some of the existing exemptions that firms rely on today, and they created two new exemptions, the primary one being this best interest contract exemption. So we use the language of exemptions, but really what exemptions are is a path forward or it's relief from the conflict that would otherwise prevent you from being able to be compensated. Uh, and so those are the exemptions. Uh, that's the major exemption that the department has created. Okay, so uh, a lot of investment advisors say uh, that with these new limitations, it will be harder to make money, and therefore people with smaller investment accounts will have a harder time finding an advisor who will uh, represent them. This uh, exemption you just mentioned, BICE, B-I-C-E, uh, is supposed to get around that to a certain extent by uh, allowing them to do that. I, I just feel like the exemption was put in because the Department of Labor realized that it was handcuffing too many people and it had to put something back in so that people without a lot of money could still get some investment advice. So, so the exemption is meant to facilitate um, a continued ability to do business on a commission basis, essentially. Um, so, so they didn't want to be what they considered draconian in eliminating commissions from the business. Um, however, relying on the exemption creates new exposure for firms. And so given new exposures as a result of reliance on that uh, exemption in the form of a contract, um, and the liabilities that get created in that contract, specifically the potential for class action lawsuits, um, the advisors are um, sort of resident, if you will, to um, uh, make sure that uh, they're, they're meeting all of the requirements of the exemption. And to the extent that those requirements cause them to put new process in place, we talked about prudent process before, right? There are new costs that they may have to uh, uh, incur. At the very least, they just have to tell people what they're doing, what they're charging, what they're paying for, and why. Is that it in a nutshell, Rob? They, they certainly have to do that. Um, and, and uh, you know, this contract is really at the heart of it, though, um, and the fact that they could be open to class action lawsuits. Um, and, and, so, and so that really drives the concern that firms have, that they really have to validate the value that they're providing to their investors. Robert Cerotti, thank you so very much for joining. It's a complex question, but a very big one, the Department of Labor's new fiduciary rules. We're broadcasting live at Pershing's Insight 2016 conference in Orlando. Coming up on Taking Stock, will artificial intelligence technology make it more profitable 
to be in the financial industry. We'll talk to one artificial intelligence expert about latest trends.